0: support for this program comes from tiger lily communications public relations content creation publicity and marketing for creatives we make you look even better find out more at t-i-g-e-r-l-i-l-y communications.com
1: Welcome to Speak On It, the podcast where the creatives tell their stories about what they do and why they do it. I'm Felicia Hodges and today I'm chatting again with the musical duo of bassist Dan McCollum and guitarist Doug Ramsey, collectively known as After Six Productions. Musicians to their core, they are incredible lovers of music production, but both Dan and Doug have careers outside of the music business. They talk about the reasons behind their decision not to immerse themselves in the industry full-time. Here's Doug. Well, for me, let me put it this way.
0: Because I, I have a family, and especially now, with the advent of streaming and what musicians are actually paid, whether you're a band or whether you're an individual artist, it's too risky. For me, immersing myself in the industry at this point as an artist only will not allow me to live the lifestyle I'm accustomed to, nor would like to continue to, to live. And on the other side, anything that is a passion, I think most of the time, I'll speak for myself, anything that's a passion that then becomes work, you have to develop the right mindset in order to accept that for a fact and deal with it as time goes by. A lot of times, we as musicians and creators, period, I won't even say musicians, but whether you're whether you are a creator of art, whether you paint, whether you draw, whether you illustrate, whether you're a musician, whatever you create, motivation is not always the thing that you have to rely on in order to move forward. You can't say, uh, I really don't feel like it today. I'm not motivated. How do I break this writer's block if I'm an author? I've come to realize you just have to sit down, get into your workspace and have the discipline to do what you have to do. Motivation will come. The muse will always be tapping on your shoulders at some point. But everything real really boils down to discipline, because once you get into a, a disciplinary attitude. Then I think that invites the opportunity more so for creating.
2: I'm going to sum it up in a simple, a simple phrase, for phrase. I like to eat. <laughs> okay. Uh, the industry has changed a whole lot, you know, and, I, and I'm, I'm a realist about it. If I was uh, late teens, early 20s, I would be like, yeah. Uh, but like Doug said, you know, you establish certain lifestyle and so forth. You know, uh, like, you know, you have, you know, a family. You have to be balanced with it. You know, music is always tapping on your shoulder and it's there. But the thing is about what Doug's saying, it, because it's a passion, and I call it that delicate balance is that when that passion becomes a labor of love to just labor, then you lose that magic a little bit to me. You will lose that magic a little bit. I know Doug and I, we do have a or I almost say a five year plan. Okay, I'll put it that way. As far as um, you know, continue to do in our lives. I'll say later, like later in life, continue doing our lives, that's music. As your career starts to dwindle or wind down, you know that other facet of your life. You wanna keep it going. And I think that's one thing that we are looking at. So uh, will we always have a love for music? I'm gonna say yes. And always we'll be doing it, yes. And I think to me, that's the success. If you can do what you love and continue doing it, that's the success.
0: Yeah, I think if I was single, I would even now take a different approach and thought process in terms of really sinking into um, the industry and becoming an artist but again i'm just being realistic you know it's not it's not just about the money it's really about uh realism so to speak i heard um quest loves interview with jesse johnson part two and one thing i didn't know is jesse said and again he's just being realistic i had no clue that this brother only netted 330 dollars from his work on purple rain that 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 blew me away but the principle of that is nothing new. Artists, many times who out front touring, they're not the ones making all the money. So again, I don't want to lean on the fact that it's a money thing, but I have to say, okay, if I'm going to do this, am I going to sacrifice a life, lifestyle that I've been accustomed to? And if I do that, will it affect me only? Will it have you know, repercussions on those that are depending on me or though, whatever the case is? But I think you get my point.
1: Understood, understood that nagging need to eat is very real. But there seems to be a definite space between making your own music and producing it for others. How and why did that leap happen?
2: For me, it was easy. I'm going to say that. And I'm going to say because of uh, my, what I've experienced being on the the opposite end of exactly that, being uh, a musician and someone taking the time to pay attention to what I'm doing and and i'll never forget his words you know bernard told me never stop playing and i said now coming from someone that i like to say he's a very humble he was a very humble man i'll be honest that way but for him to take out the take the time to, to pull me to the side and say never stop playing you know that gave me the motivation to keep going so i i to me i, I call it that pay it forward so um there have been times when um i've had um you know, artists who want to come into my studio, and I listen to them. If your if your lyrical content is not where well, I, I can't feel it, I put it that way. I'll be like, no, I can't work with you, you know. And because there's a lot of stuff that's out there that's kind of risque with misogyny and all that, I can't work with you because you know I don't go down that road. I, I, I call it paying it forward. And if you have a love for music, whether you're doing it for yourself or you're doing it with others, you, you're gonna you're gonna enjoy it. Some pro bono stuff we've done. Like with uh, choirs, you know, like uh, church choirs and so forth. And the reason why we do it is not because, well, oh, uh, they just because they asked me because of the love of music.
0: You know, we've all, grown, we've all grown up being influenced by certain artists, at least as musicians and writers. So, you know, there was a discussion about that we had a couple of times because people have approached us uh, asking if we can write for them. But because of the style that they enjoy, that is just not something I can gravitate to. I still listen to urban radio on a regular basis because I've seen the evolution of R&B from when I was 14 and started playing in the 70s all the way up to now. So although I have certain thoughts about where urban contemporary music is and the I like to call genre melt of a whole bunch of different genres growing up from the Soul Train days up to now, it's still successful. This particular artist, we wrote for her in the vein of what we're used to, which I will probably label as adult contemporary. Uh, We had one artist come to Dan's studio. They were doing a lot of hip hop. They wanted some trap. Yeah, I, I have the knowledge to sit down and dissect the elements that go into trap music. And I can put something together, but it would sound OK. But I almost will tell you that someone who's versed a producer or a writer or a hip hop artist that's versed in trap music. They would say, yeah, but nah, there's not authentic. And I know, I know it wouldn't be because here I am. I'm trying to cookie cutter something that. I'm really not used to and really don't have an interest. But to answer your question, Felicia, writing for us really kind of morphed into when we wrote for other artists, pretty much the same kind of stuff we were writing for us and kind of keeping in mind what our strengths were. I see a lot of uh, producers saying the best way to stay a great producer is to stay relevant with what's going on. I don't necessarily disagree with that uh, because it all depends on where you're trying to go with as a producer. But Dan and I, whenever we did work for another artist, we decided that we were going to stay in what we thought we can best and strongly write for that artist. And if the artist was out of our lane, as Dan said earlier, depending on what they're trying to do, we're like, yeah, we can work with this. or Nah, we'll see if maybe we can find somebody else that'll suit
2: your style. Precisely, because I'll, I'll be with you, Felicia, it's like uh, whatever we produce, no matter what it is, uh, whether you contemporary, or whatever, it's, it's going to have a little bit of an R&B flair just because that's where we're from. If, if it's a jazzy tune, yes, it'll, it'll probably fall into that realm in that, in that category, but it will still have a hint of an R&B flair to it.
1: And we'll be back with more right after this. Stay with us. The Groove Paper
2: Podcast, talk show, and movie review. Where we break down the black exploitation era, the cinematic genre, the exploitation of the black culture, and experience through film and media. We'll also dive into the cast, the subgenres, the TV shows, and the music. Outside of the films, we'll view some critical signs of the time and what these stories meant then and now, from entertainment to society to economics. The Groove Paper.
1: Catch a new episode each week at thegroovedpavement.com. We're back with producers Dan McCullum and Doug Ramsey of After Six Productions with the advice they'd give to artists and those looking to delve into music production. Here's Dan.
2: I've always said this, even with uh, the artist or even as a producer, if you're looking for uh, the that pot of gold in the rainbow, you're in the wrong business. I'll tell anyone. And the reason why I say that you're in the wrong business is because it it just doesn't work that way. You have to gauge what you consider yourself for it to be a success. Now there are nothing wrong. There are uh, multimillion dollar producers out there, which are great, but the majority of producers are not, do not fall into that pocket or small segment of, of producers, but the other part of that too is that if you can make a living at it, where like Doug said, you can feed yourself, you can feed your family, you can make a decent dollar at it, that's a success. Don't get into it for the money, solely, because even for the passion, it's going to be reflective on what you do. Uh, a favorite artist of mine, favorite and uh, definitely a favorite artist, of Doug, and that is Chante. Uh, sh- uh, haven't released anything in quite a while, but the times that she did produce. She remained consistent with that, with her style and with her approach to her music, and it did well. It did beyond well. Like today, if she was if she was to release something, and it and it fell into along with that formula that she's been using, it would probably do just as well.
0: I think uh, the advice I would give an artist, kind of, I'll piggyback off of Dan, but it's simply this: define what your Elements of personal successes. If you're getting into it with dollars in your eyes and you don't realize that they may come and they may not, you're going to be set up for a fall. But I'll get back to what I was saying. Define what your personal success is because your level of personal success may not be the next artist's personal success. For example, if your definition of personal success is you want to produce tracks like the hottest flavor of the month is, you know, then do what you need to do that because a lot of people are. A lot of people are trying to ride that bandwagon. But whatever the hottest flavor of the month is that just got started, whoever pioneered that, they were doing something that no one else was doing before. So if you really want to attain that type of success. Put yourself in a position that I'm going to do something that no one else has really done before and craft it and hone it and see where it will take you. The other piece of small advice that I think goes along, well, two pieces that that go a very long way is simply the golden rule. Treat others like you want to be treated in the music industry. And the last thing is, if you really want to get into it, really learn as much as you can about the business in terms of publishing splits, uh, songwriting, who's, who owns what we got into a situation with a vocalist that was on the project that almost, if we decided to would have allowed, would have landed us in court. And we decided to take the low road, cut the artist loose and not release the song. Um, And that goes back to what I was saying, treat people in the industry like you would want to be treated. So those three things, define your personal success, learn the tenets of the business, and treat people how you would want to be treated. I mean, don't go trying to take advantage of people if you don't want people to take advantage of you. I don't know one person who loves to be taken advantage of. So just flip it the other way.
2: Yeah, I didn't get it. yet. you hit it right. And one important thing that you did mention, I just want to just just reiterate that, was that, that being a pioneer or being an original, I have dealt with other artists. I asked them, you know, and they, and they sound like someone else. Now I let them know exactly that. And then I'll ask them, I said, uh, that artist that you're trying to emulate, who do they sound like? They don't sound like anyone else. And so that's what you, you need to find that thing about yourself. That's what people are toward, something new. It can work.
0: I mean, I'm going to date myself again. I like to talk about who I call the chameleon band. The Barquets, they're a chameleon band. They were sounding like every, every other band out there who was having a hit. But apparently, these guys go back to what? Maybe the late 60s, early 70s? And they are old school pioneers. It worked for them. You know, it could happen. But like I said, I think the three pieces of advice
1: I would give I think would take any artist or producer a long way. Sound advice, indeed. So what's next for you guys in After Six Productions?
2: Well, you know, uh, I'll call it lessons learned from our first independent release of What Love Is. We decided to move forward with, uh, remove vocals out of the equation. And so we decided to do a, a instrumental, smooth, contemporary music title of the project is uh, After 6 p.m. I'm the creative, conceptual person of of the two of us. And so I say, okay, well, let's take the letters of uh, After 6 p.m. and use it as an acronym, and each song title will begin with each of those letters. So, you know, so that was the, the you know, that was the original concept of doing that. We decided to make it, uh, still make it, a mature sound and for exactly that time of time of day after 6 p.m. going in going into the evening or twilight while well, all the music is geared toward that.
0: The musical content will not really be the same as what love is. It's going to take a little bit of a different turn um, in terms of the genre style, but Taking an old school approach, what I mean is in the days of social media and internet where a lot of stuff goes out, so to speak, or hits the public before it's released, we're going to be old school and let you know that that is about as much as we'll let go public right now. But that is on the horizon. The tracks are uh, in work. Uh, The whole playlist is done. I think the only thing we're going to have to do at this point is, um, aside from finishing the tracks, are choosing you know, the usual stuff, the proper artwork. What's been a challenge for us for this project, and again, it is a result of lessons learned, is really immersing ourselves into releasing a project in the age of social media now. Uh, when we released What Love Is, social media was alive and well. But it has advanced so much with um, things to consider like playlist curation, social media algorithms in terms of the type of content you produce, when is best to produce it. We don't have a street team, so it's a lot of work. And we are trying our best this time to adhere to a feasible drop date so it doesn't take 300 years to drop. <laughs>
2: And hopefully, I won't have to eat crow by saying this, <laughs> but uh, I'm looking at start the, the buzz of the release uh, by end of 2021.
0: Uh, but again, the thing that we're going to have to focus on in phases is not just creating the creating the tracks and finishing them, but craft our social media strategy so we can take advantage of how things are being released in the day and age.
2: And Brian, that was a lessons learned from our first project: is exactly doing that. Uh, homework prior to the release is actually crafting that social media strategy all right so it's, it's packaged now how do you put it out there in the most effective way to get the the largest listening audience
0: if you if you go to uh, our instagram feed you'll see a lot of posts with the hashtag we shortened it to a6 a the number 6 pm but the title of the the title of the project is after 6 pm so we'll say this much because it's kind of a twist that dan came up with if you write the word after 6 pm each letter in that phrase is the will is the first letter to the title of each track
1: Now, I know y'all might not want to give away the names of the tracks yet, but I'm going to ask anyway. There's a letter X in the word six. Can you just tell me the name of the song that starts with the letter X, please? Please?
0: We're not going to pick any other letter but X because X stands out. What the heck could X be? Extra smooth. There you
2: go. So X is extra smooth. We'll We'll give you that much, okay?
0: <laughs> off the top of my head i think it's going to be an interesting project because i grew up as an r&b guitarist you know i've been playing gospel in church since 19 i mean seriously every year for the most part since 95 94 you know my podcast that i used to put out on a regular basis the sunday soundtrack those genres of chill of chill out smooth electronica that's been a love of mine for a long time um so this particular project after 6 p.m. will have some will have some some influence for lack of a better phrase from that earlier we were talking about you know um separate projects i've dropped separate projects under my name mr fresh um i've done collaborations globally with artists I've done a lot of CD projects, but I got to see my name in a lot of CD credits, which I dreamed about growing up as a young musician reading album credits all the time. So I'm taking all of that and trying to immerse that into this particular project as a little differently than what it was with What Love Is, because Dan and I decided that was going to be adult contemporary R&B. And this is going to be a little bit of a different thing A little bit of a different flow.
2: I mean, my personal feel on the upcoming project is I like it. I'm going to go to, I wouldn't call them goosebumps. Uh, I guess that's Quincy Jones thing, that something gives you goosebumps. Hopefully it'll give your listener goosebumps. It just gives me that it has a certain oomph to it. Uh, And I'll just say it that way. So when when we do drop it, I hope that the listening audience will feel that certain oomph. that I'm feeling.
1: And while we're anxiously awaiting the new release. Currently the What Love Is project is on Bandcamp. Right. After com. You can also find out more about Dan and Doug and their upcoming After Six PM project on their newly redesigned website.
0: Which is after six, the number six in the word, after com. So Again, not having a street team, we're trying to, you know, put some new content on there. So definitely have people come by and visit it,
1: sign the guest book. You can also find After Six Productions on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. The only social media entity
0: that has the number six in the name is the website. Every one, every other one
1: is the word six. After Six Productions. And that's our episode. And while you're checking out After Six Productions on the socials, don't forget to also follow Speak On It on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and even Vimeo. You can also drop us a line at Tiger Lily Communications at mail and just mail.com to let us know what you think. The music you hear now is called Please Irene by Lynn Riley and the World Mix. Like many creatives, they'll be back to performing again in person soon. So check out the calendar at lynnreilly.com for upcoming shows, as well as their YouTube channel for some of their amazing past performances. Hope to catch you again soon. Stay safe out there.